Hi, I'm Christine Roney. Welcome to the Roney Writes Podcast. The tagline for this podcast is, let me tell you a story, because that's what these recordings are about, stories. I love to write them, and I would love to share them with you. This is episode 12 and the conclusion to Where Is He in Ellie Bay Mystery. We are starting today with chapter 15. So let me tell you a story. Where Is He by Christine Roney. I can't go back. It would put too many lives in danger. But what about your sister? Ellie watched him tear a napkin to pieces. He was so focused on shredding it that she wasn't sure he had heard her. She was about to ask him about Cat again when he said, I don't know. They sat there, all three of them, silent no one knowing what to say. Finally, Ellie asked, What happened that night? Why did you disappear? Billy closed his eyes. Then he leaned in and in a quiet voice said, I've carried this for a long time, and I'd love to tell you. To say the words out loud, then maybe they wouldn't sit so heavy on my heart but I can't. You need to leave this alone. Ellie leaned in toward him. That isn't going to happen. He sighed, sat back, and looked to Michael for help. Michael shrugged. She promised your sister. Billy took a gulp of beer. Did you read the article? Yes, I pulled the case file. And I talked to the plaintiff's attorney. He intimated that the mafia is behind Vardari. Billy nodded. Vardari also owns the arcade. They own a game? How do you know that? I couldn't get beyond the anonymous trust. Billy said nothing. Can you at least call your sister? Ellie asked. She saw his eyes tear up. He looked away. But after a few moments, he turned to Ellie. Yes, he said. Ellie could feel her body relax. She hadn't realized how tense she was until that moment. Good. I'll arrange for Sam to be with Kat. You can call Sam's phone and she'll give it to Kat. Billy nodded. You have to promise that after I make the call, you two will leave and not come back. And... He looked from Ellie to Michael. You have to let all of this go. Again, that's not going to happen. I don't think Harvey killed Jeff. If you pursue this, you could be putting not only your own life in danger, but a lot of other people's lives too. If you want me to drop this, you need to start being truthful with me, because all I've seen is a tangled web of lies. Michael stood up. I'm going to get us another round of beers, and then you're going to start talking. The two men locked eyes. Then Billy nodded. I cooked for a party that night. I was a private chef. I don't remember what time I left, but Jeff and I had arranged to meet at a bar where one of our buddies was playing in a band. 
We had a lot to drink. At some point, we started talking about an air hockey tournament that was coming up. We wanted to take down the reigning champions. So somewhere in our drunkenness, we decided to go to the arcade and practice. Jeff had a thing going on with the manager, and he knew the code for the back door. I'm not sure how he knew, but he did because we got in. We were pretty sure we wouldn't get caught, because she was out of town and the arcade was closed for renovations. But we hadn't even gotten the lights on when we heard voices. Then we heard someone unlock the front door and we hid. Jeff hid behind one of the video games, and I hid in the back of Zorion. Where? The fortune teller booth. When I was a kid, I got mad at my mom and I hid in there. I got grounded for a month, but this time, it saved my life. I don't remember seeing that at the arcade. No? Maybe they got rid of it. It was about seven feet tall and deep enough for a repair guy to fit in the back. That's how I knew about it. One time when I was there, I saw the door open on the back of the booth. A guy was inside doing something. Fixing it, I guess. So you hid in Zorion? Then what happened? I heard voices. So I carefully slid the black curtain behind Zorion back, just as the light snapped on. I saw three men walk in. They were arguing. I recognized Senator Riley immediately. I didn't know the other two men. Not then, anyway. Later, I figured out the other two were Judge Stevens and Dennis Wolfe. The judge yelled at Wolfe, saying he was promised 20% if he pushed the case to a settlement. 20% of what? Michael asked. I don't know, but Wolfe said his clients changed their mind and they were only going to pay 10%. The judge got right in Wolfe's face and told him that if he didn't stick to the original deal, the case would go to trial. That's when the senator spoke up. I can still see him standing there. Ellie waited for him to go on, but he seemed lost in his thoughts. What did he say? Billy turned to her. He told him to shut up. Then he said the case was not going to trial, that he promised Angelo it would settle, and that's what was going to happen. It was at that point that I noticed another person standing in the dark, just outside the room. He was dressed in black and barely noticeable. Then I heard a noise. Jeff. He must have lost his balance or something, because he moved. All three men turned. Wolf ran past me. The next thing I saw was Jeff being pushed into the middle of the room. He told him that he wouldn't tell anyone, but the man in black stepped out of the shadows and shot him, just like that. Billy closed his eyes. Ellie reached out and put her hand over his clenched fist knowing it was small comfort for the horror he was reliving. Michael put his arm around her, and they all sat there, lost in the vision of that room. Billy cleared his throat. The three men freaked out. The man in black told them to shut up. Then he told them to leave by the back door and go home. After they left, the man searched the entire place. I held my breath, sure that he would find me at any moment but he must not have known about the back of the booth because he left. I ran out to Jeff, but he was gone. I heard a car pull up and ran back to the booth. The back door opened and the man in black picked Jeff up and left.
When I heard the car drive off, I got the hell out of there. But I didn't wait long enough. He must have seen me in the rearview mirror, because the car skidded to a stop and he slammed out the door. I started running for the stairs down to the beach. I looked back. He was closing in. He was fast. Remember, I had been drinking. And even though the whole thing sobered me up, I wasn't at my best. I looked back again, and our eyes met. Then a car drove onto the pier. We could see its headlights. The man ran back to his car and zoomed off. It was pure luck that I wasn't killed that night. I ran down the stairs, went home, grabbed some stuff, and took off. When Billy realized they were looking at him for the murder, he planned on going to the police. But then he saw a photograph in the newspaper taken at a press conference announcing the settlement of a class action. Two of the men from the arcade were in the photo, Judge Stevens and Dennis Wolfe. When he looked into Vardari and the wind farm and realized it was the mob, he knew he was a marked man, a loose end, so he just disappeared. Chapter 16 Ellie sat across from Matt and Sam relating the events that led to Billy's disappearance. When she finished, Matt and Sam sat in stunned silence. Then Sam shook her head as if trying to shake the vision of that night out of her mind's eye. What are you going to do? she asked Ellie. Nothing. If we pursue this, we put a lot of lives in danger. Billy's life. Harvey's life. His family's life. Our lives. Billy was right. We have to let it go. Matt sighed. You did what you were hired to do, Ellie. You found Billy. And Kat got to see her brother before she died. He looked at Ellie, and they both smiled. So he never showed? Angelo asked. No. The man, dressed in black, was seated across a table from his uncle. He took a drink of wine. He enjoyed coming to the vineyard and tasting the wines produced from the grapes harvested there. He would be leaving to visit his mother in Partinico soon, and would bring her a bottle. Not even at her funeral? No. He took another drink. I was able to get the visitor's list from the hospice center. I had to grease a few palms, but I was assured that they were the only people she saw those last few days. There were only a couple of names. He took a piece of paper out of his pants pocket. Ellie Bay, Matt Frazier, Mate Kelly, and a priest, August Dupin. Angelo put his glass down and looked at his nephew. Then it's over. What about the senator and the others? Do you want me to clean up those loose ends? Angelo stood up and walked over to the sliding glass doors and looked out at the vineyard. No, they're still useful to us. Then he turned and said, For now, anyway. That is the end of Where Is He? An L.A. Bay Mystery. Come back next week for a brand new story. If you're enjoying this story, please help me spread the word. Tell your family and friends about the podcast and be sure to let them know that they can listen for free. You can also subscribe for free and by doing that, you'll automatically receive the latest episodes downloaded to your computer, phone, or tablet. Go to my website, ronywrites.com, for more information on how and where to subscribe.
Also, please consider leaving a short review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever app you listen on. Goodbye for now, until the story goes on.